Alright, well, let's start it off. Welcome to Vintage Burns, Tim. Marco. And I'm not sure if I want to put my name on it yet, but I'll. I'll and, and Doug. Let's oh see what my goes. God. You might have to edit this out. I don't know. It's too late. Everybody already knows who you are. There's too many yeah. past episodes for them to go back to. This is. <laughs> This is we're like coming up on the end of season two. You guys know that, right? Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It seems like we've been doing it longer, to be honest. But yeah, no, I well, agree. And, and since nuts. this is being recorded, it's good to note we hit uh, well over a thousand downloads. So we want to thank everybody because uh, we got our little pod bean badge. But it is cool because it opened us up to. Um, you know, being considered for, uh, you know, having ads placed on our account and stuff like that so it's helping us kind of grow so we couldn't have done it with any of you guys who are listening so you know thanks for all your support and i don't know why you guys are listening to us honestly i mean i can't figure <laughs> it out <laughs> it's, your, it's, it's your lovely voice kevin that's what it is welcome to the room <laughs> yeah, it's, it's when kevin gets all intelligent and uses his intelligent voice the soothing sounds of vintage birds <laughs> All right, so why don't we kick this mofo off with some metal news, since we haven't done this in a while, and there's kind of some interesting uh, things happening. Um, first thing we, I want to mention is, uh, obviously, R.I.P. Uh, Riley Gale from Power Trip. That was kind of a big blow. Uh, yeah. That, that one hurt a lot, man. That, they're pretty mm-hmm. much my favorite, like, modern era. I mean, they, they what, established in, like, 2008. And, uh, yeah, they've been my favorite band for the last, like, three, four, five years of, you know, more modern era anyway. And, yeah, it's sad, man. I, I, it sucks. It's a, it's a huge, terrible loss. Super yeah. unexpected. And they just dropped alive in Seattle um, this year, too. They were like, you know, a band that new – well, not, not that new, but, I mean, a band – bands that can actually release live albums and they do well, you know that it's a good band just because they have that energy, whether it's – Live or on album. And that's kind of yeah. segue into our next segment. Yeah, well, I got a, a, a quick story about Power Trip. Uh, the first time I ever heard Power Trip, I actually went to a record store in Richmond, Virginia, of all places. And it was like, yeah, you know, basically hardcore metal store um, called Vinyl Conflict. Fuck it. Shout out to Vinyl Conflict. Great store in Richmond if you guys are ever in the area. But anyway, uh, so I'm sitting there shopping. And that's the day I bought my uh, Agnostic Front Victim and Pain album for like 200 bucks. Remember that, Doug? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I bought that. And I bought a bunch of other shit. And on, he had it on, was Power Trip playing. And I'm sitting there, like, the whole time flipping through records and, and uh, just bobbing my head the whole time. So finally, after, like, four <laughs> songs, I'm like, what is this? And he's like, oh, it's Power Trip. And I'm like, do you have this in stock? And I threw it right into my bunch. I bought it, and I've been in love ever since. I think that was, like, 2012 or 13 or something like that. But, but uh, that's my quick how I got into Power Trip story. You know what? Those and, days uh, were the best when you could go. Well, I mean, you could still go to record stores, but I remember when like Newberry Comics actually existed. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Newberry Comics was an East Coast, uh, New England. Still uh, is. It, it, well, yeah, only, but only, right? It's. I mean, they're not a national brand except for maybe no, online no, now. No. I think mostly like New Hampshire and like Massachusetts for the most part, I think. Yeah, and they did, they did you know, clothes, records, whatever. They did a bunch of different stuff, uh, but it was great to walk in there and you're looking for something else and then you listen to something on the radio that – or whatever they're playing in store, and then you're like, "Oh, I want, what's this? I want this!" Like it just it was it's, that's like an awesome way to find a band. Yeah, yeah. The, I got a, the, I got into a lot of bands that way too. 
Yeah, and, and the best thing about Newberry Comics in the early days was you can find everything. Literally, you want to go find a demo a band put out, they'd have a little section for it. You want to find an EP from some, some obscure label, say a band like Shia Terra, a, a very limited EP. I remember going there and buying it. And then once they got rid of all those releases because they didn't sell, supposedly, mm. uh, they, they kind of lost me uh, along yeah, they, the way. They went a little too corporate. They basically turned into Spencer's or like uh, one of those novelty gift shops that has Harry Potter socks and fucking magnets and, you know, yeah. every every quirky thing, that which, which is cool, but there's enough of those stores. Like you wanted to go and nerd out with fucking music. And, you know, mm-hmm. actually when they actually sold a lot of comics, I remember as a younger fellow – um, I, I got into comics for a bit, and it was kind of cool because you could find shit there that other places didn't have. They actually had up to date, you know, issues and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They should have worked through all that shit because look, everything's like it's all cyclical now. Like comics are huge again. Uh, it, you know, vinyl. I mean, it has just been a massive surge in vinyl, and they were one of the only places really doing it. And and then they were like, ah, no, this is dying. So we're like you said, they're going to convert to a Spencer's. And I feel like they would have done better if they had just kind of waited or lost some money and just dealt with it because they, they kind of fucked up. They missed the train on um, having a whole vinyl store. Well, I mean, actually, if you go in there, like that's the best part of them today, actually, is they have a pretty good vinyl section. I remember me and Doug went out to uh, the Burlington one. and We met up for lunch one day. Remember, Doug? And I bought like, a bunch there? of death records. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> is is Burlington, Burlington still around? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's still no. there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's in the mall. Oh, it's in the mall. You're right. Remember we went into the mall? They moved into the mall. Same thing with the Peabody one. The Peabody used to have oh, its wow. own location, and it moved into the mall, yeah. I forgot it moved become... the mall. And that's you're... another thing they have in common with Spencer's, Kevin. There you go. Mall store okay. now. Yeah, now a mall store. <laughs> well, just so you guys know, I'm almost positive uh, we could probably take a trip over sometime. Manchester still has uh individual store. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, Even in Marlboro, never... my home, my hometown here in Marlboro, they uh, they have one of the Solomon Pond Mall, which it is. It's like a teeny bopper shop now, so it's cool that there is still like an independent standing uh, hmm. Newberry around. You know, it's kind of nostalgic yep. for us. Go All figure, right. New Hampshire, right? Everything's still independent here. That's it. Yep. <laughs> I'll just go to Bull Moose, but anyway, Doug, Metal News, let's do it. <laughs> All right, so I'm kind of going to jump around here. There's some new shit I want to, you know, just talk about that dropped, and I just want your opinion on another few things. So first thing I want to talk about, Metallica S&M 2 is... I got to go. Hey, I got to jump off the call. Money grab? (laughs) No, seriously, I'm kind of pissed at them for two reasons. First, they they dropped that, which, whatever, they're doing whatever. It's just Metallica being Metallica. But did you guys hear about the drive-in thing? Yeah. No. I so, did not. Yeah. So you could go to the drive-in and pay 125 bucks for six people to sit in a fucking car and watch Metallica play in the drive-in on the screen. You know, and it's not like I looked into it. It wasn't like, oh, you know, half our sales will go to COVID relief or this or that. It's just, it's another fucking money grab. And only, <laughs> the only thing is you get a free DUI with every fucking car. <laughs> And a free download in SNM too, but I, I think both are just money grabs. Because if you look at the set list for SNM two, dude, there's a few, most it's like 90 percent the same songs. They added a few off the past two albums since uh, since it came out. I don't think they did anything off Saint Anger because I don't know why uh, would they. So yeah. this whole lot, 
this this whole live thing, Doug? Is it um, them actually playing to a bunch of drive-ins, or is it them just showing like a movie of them live, like a past past footage? <laughs> no, I think they're playing live. I think that's the one thing they're playing live. Okay. So it's like you're at a concert right. but at a drive-in. No, but it's dude, it, it, that's a lot of money. Not for right? 125 bucks for, for six a, people, though, right? For six people, but still, I mean. It, so you it's really like want to 20, go? Twenty-one bucks a person, pretty much. But dude, we could we could hang out with the friggin' thirty pack of beer and listen to them on vinyl, and it'll sound better, and it's a lot cheaper. I don't know. It's just it, it it's it's a gimmick, and I get that, and it could be cool, but it just seems like I don't be sitting in a car. Oh, it's watching funny Metallica. you say that because at the Milford Drive-in in New Hampshire, they're like, "Come see Metallica live at the Milford Drive-in." I was like. What do you mean, come see Metallica live? You mean live streaming? Like, I'm still going to see them through a fucking, you know, some type of device? That's not really live to me. I don't, I don't even live streaming, I get it, but it's not, it's just like watching a DVD. Uh, I'm just not there. You can't sell me on that shit. Sorry. Yeah, the no, only difference. No, go ahead, Meh. Marco. Meh. No, I was just going to say the only thing I definitely agree with you on, though, they could definitely be like promoting or at least giving like t- even 10% of their money to like save our stages or yes, something, yeah, some good yes. organization, you know, and, and uh, most of these bands that are doing benefits uh, or, or they're doing benefits. Like there's a show, it's a smaller scale show, but I might order it just cause I love Vinny Stigma for agnostic front, but it's a solo band and I'm not even big into them, but it's 10 bucks. All proceeds go to save our stages. That's the stuff I'm going to pay for. And it's, it's 10 bucks. You know, I, Metallica I, could do something so much bigger because they're such a large scale. They can really help save many venues just on their own, and and or something of that nature. Cancer research, whatever you want to do. Yeah, it, anything. But it, it it seems like a money grab just for them. If if it were, yeah, if it were something for a good cause, it'd be like, ah, right, you know what, fuck it, it'll be fun. You know. Yeah, I'm not even sure it's that. I, you know what, this is probably even beyond Metallica. Someone just tells them to yeah, here go in this in this studio and we're gonna record you dummies playing live. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there's a bigger agency that's running them anyway. You know, of course. Sure. And, and, those those guys aren't sitting around anymore deciding on a lot of shit. They're kind of just like, all right, tell us what we're doing, and uh, all right, yeah, cool. They yeah, have and, and, in turn and, become and, the puppets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, in 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 uh, the other side of it though, I, I I I'm not against Metallica going out and trying to make money either. I mean. Just, you know, because they have money, they still have the right to work and make money. They're still missing income right now. Yeah, sure. You know, don't get me wrong. I know they're millionaires or whatever, but if they're no different than any band that's even on the poorer side, it's just that they have the right to make the money. But I do do wish it went somewhere different. Yeah, I agree. Well, on that sad note, uh, so I think we all agree. uh, I'm not even going to listen to it. I just don't care. Well, with S&M? Yeah, I just don't care. Oh yeah, it's been out for a while. I, I, I have not even att- I don't listen to the first one anyway. I could care less about it. So I, it, for me, it's whatever. Doug, was there a selling point? Did they put any new tracks like they did it on S on S and M? You know, I, I looked through the, the a few- wonderful No Leaf Clover. Yeah, <laughs> hey, No Leaf Clover and Human. No Leaf Clover was great good, tracks. Man. I yeah. don't like it, but go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. no, th- those were those were good when they came out at their during that time. They were good, but I, I would. I'm surprised they didn't have a, a speaking of a money grab. It would have been wise to release two new tracks in there and bury them so that you had to actually get the album. They might have actually, because I, I looked at the track listing and there's a lot of weird things I didn't. It was like medleys and shit. So I, I think they might have, but I just didn't care enough. I hate to say it. 
Uh, well, that you, know? you I don't think you I don't think you know anything they've made beyond uh, probably load. No, I I love uh, there's like four songs off Death Magnetic and four songs off. Uh, oh, oh, really? Off uh, what the fuck was the last one? Um, uh, hardwired. Hardwired. Yeah, there's like three or four that I adore off each album. And other than that, the rest is garbage. Well, I mean, don't worry because you know Lars is now uh, has his own podcast on. Apple Music uh, at home with Lars Ulrich of Metallica, so he's still making money. So I wouldn't really worry too much about S and M two sales. Yeah, but a lot of people are like fucking snapping over it. Maybe I'll give it a I chance. Really? I don't know. Yeah, okay. and like some people that I, like snapping like, like good or snapping like this is no good. Like oh man, I wish I would like even some dudes from the cruise I saw talking about it that I thought were kind of like you know elitist types that were like really like picky, and there were freaking there's two of them talking you know uh, wow this is like fucking amazing wow i wish i was there like i'm like all right maybe i'm missing something i don't know hmm. so i don't know maybe it might be worth a lesson or at least a few songs but nah <laughs> nah <laughs> <laughs> so that's a thumbs down from marco that's a it's like that to me it's like listening to blaze bailey or iron maiden nah <laughs> can't do it all right so speaking of money grabs i have two more um things i want to talk about so um slayer i carry king came out or i don't know if it was Bostoff or carry king but they have a little side thing going and guess what's going to sound like guys it will slayer. sound like slayer oh my god yeah, but you, know, you know what though carry king can't do it. anything I've else writing, yeah i've been writing in this style for so long that's my thing you know uh, uh so yeah. he's just going to continue it on and it's going to be a lot of bad carry king slayer like we've gotten in the last couple records yeah, in terms of all those records, but overall, those records are duds. You guys will appreciate opinion, anyway. this. So, speaking of Slayer tonight, me and Lauren were on a walk, and it was I don't know, it was probably about seven thirty. We were headed back to the house. It was already dark, and and one of our neighbors, he's always playing stuff, but it's you know typically it's like uh, lighter, lighter early like eighties metal. But they were sitting in the backyard, and I'm like, damn, these people are out like partying at seven thirty on a Tuesday. And of course, what do you think's on? They're playing Slayer, so of course I just had to yell out Slayer really loud. Yeah. Lauren's like, oh, "Don't do that!" And of course the whole backyard was like, "Slayer!" <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it's like, nice. There's some metalheads in the neighborhood. I like it. Yeah, have you ever been seen Slayer live, Kevin? Uh, yeah, several times. Yeah, yeah. When you're in the parking lot or whatever, that's all you hear oh, all day. Yeah. It's just all someone day like, long. <laughs> literally, I, if you're at like, yeah, you're like show. six lots away and you hear them, you hear them. Oh, yeah, and then if you're at a random metal show, there always, there always is a random guy screaming Slayer, even if it's not yeah. a Slayer show. I know, I've, e- funny. I've even heard it at, like, uh, my ex used to always go to, like, pop punk shows and shit, and there was always, like, the boyfriends that would just start doing it just because they were mm-hmm. fucking bored. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a little bummed. You know, I'm just curious if they're going to get someone who sounds just like Tom or I uh, and try to just pump out the same shit. I was kind of hoping for, like, a, anything new, different, anything. But you know what? I guess we don't know. Until it comes out. But. Hey, and again, and again, like I always say, you don't got to buy it or listen to it. So, you yeah, know, check yeah. out a song. If you don't like it, who gives a fuck? I, it's not like I, I I listen to each Slayer album, probably the last three of them, like once. And have I ever listened to the full album again? No. I, I just picked a few songs I like, and I go to them, you know, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I like both stuff, but you, know, I got, you guys know me, my Carrie King. I, I'm, he, he's just a butthole, I think, but. Well, so, I mean, he, you know, the other thing too is, I mean, he was, he was the, uh, 
worst musician in the band anyway. So, I mean, out of all the guys, he's the worst musician in the band. So, dude, his solo is just just don't make sense to me. Oh, because he can't. He can't really can't really play solo. You well, could take any. Yeah. You could take every king any king solo from any song and and switch them. There's no rhyme or reason to the songs. Just all no. He's not a. Let me let me just say let me just say this though, and and, and there's a reason why Carrie King was at Megadeth, uh, and he toured with them or whatever, and and I think he does have some skill, and I think he can play that way. I think it's all it's honestly like his choice to play that way. I think he's trying to like add this eerie atmosphere, and I think it's some songs it works, and it's some songs it's fucking annoying as all hell. But I think it that's actually done, you know, on purpose. I think it's done. Well, Hold on. Did he play in Megadeth before Chris Poland started for the first record? Uh, killing? This had played, to be prior. There's no, he no played, way. I think it was 86 or 85. I mean, he was just a, a, a touring member because Poland left. Or whoever okay. left. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think still, he played I, around I, the P-Cells era, if I remember correctly. I, but I, I could still, be wrong. I would love to hear him actually try to play a Poland solo. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that he pulled it off perfectly, but he's got to have some level of skill. I mean, the dude obviously is no hack. I mean, he can play. He's a good rhythm writing guitar skills, player. Yeah, and his writing skills aren't as good as Hanneman. I mean, Hanneman but, wrote most of the great songs. I mean, but like he, I said, know, he's, the worst, he's the worst musician in the band. I mean... Yeah, either have a Tom, one or the other. Yeah. Tom's dude, good. You've, played, you've Tom's heard Tom, Tom on fucking Hello Waits. That's true. I guess I guess as you, you know, they get older, it's a little bit different. But yeah, Hello Eights, he does kill it. Yeah, you're right about that. Though. That yeah. plus the singing, the screaming. Yeah, man, I, I I always had a lot of respect him as a bass. He's the main reason I got into wanting to play bass as a kid. I heard yeah, Hello Eights, I'm like his his speed while he sings and plays, and sometimes his vocal patterns are different from what he's playing too. So I he's I thought he's always been a pretty pretty uh, good musician. Yeah, I'd say he's a solid musician. I don't think when he's, he's excellent. I think he's when he's not musician. grumpy. When he's not grumpy, talking yeah. about his his back pain or neck pain, whatever <laughs> yeah. it is. Lombardo <laughs> and Hanneman are my guys. Those those will Ooh, always yeah. be my guys. You know. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I got right. one more money grab. If uh, so, now Schaefer, John Schaefer, and Matthew Barlow are together again doing a quote unquote project. Just fucking reunite, put out Ice Earth album. <laughs> Did you see that? They put out a little clip today, and that the fucking cover looks like a Christmas album. Is that why you're singing that? Oh God, fuck that! It's 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 really bad. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's I would not listen to it, man. You know what? I'll take an Elvis Christmas record over that. Oh yeah, I'll blue. take a blue. I'll take a Danzig sings Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, all right. We all agree. This is great. Yeah, that was a good ending, Doug. Yeah, no. You know, at first I was excited. I'm like, cool. Uh, I don't. I didn't really get the Winters Project thing. And then once I saw, listen to their their uh, versions of classic Christmas. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. You know, Rob uh, Helfer just did that too. Yeah, I remember Twisted Sister did that back in like the '90s. <laughs> like it's, it's like you know Helfer. what, Jingle bell! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Um, I, know, I know we were talking about this last time the three of us were together, but like, I think at this point, these bands, um, I know a lot of them have. You know, I know we've seen Slayer do it. We've seen Anthrax do it. We've seen a lot of bigger bands do it, but I don't know why like Iced Earth wouldn't just say, hey, Barlow, come back for a tour. We're gonna do like something wicked in its entirety, you know? Yeah. Or like, hey Metallica, 
You know, that'd be a good money grab that I'd be in on. Oh fucking hey, like kill them all and then only shit off the lot. You know, just like Maiden does it right. Now, I know I, I get mad every time I go because I get stuck it in and I watch 12 songs off the new album. And I, I get it. They do an album year or two years, three years. And then a, a legacy year where they play whatever wants to hear. So, but at least they're smart enough to do that. Ex- exactly. Except so they need. Except they need to ditch their singer and just do the first two records for, <laughs> for the, wow. So we don't have to listen to Dickinson anymore. So much hate for Dickinson lately. Yeah, lately. Now, you know what? I like his. I, here's the thing. I actually like. I like his vocals now. Like I like his deeper vocals now. The problem is he can't. I just I don't like the new material compared to that older stuff that he did. I just wish his vocals were deeper then too. I just like Diano better. Sorry, Maiden fans. Sorry. I know there's some there's some Diano love out there for me somewhere. No, no, I love Diano, dude. I just actually honestly I I like listening to Diano sometimes more than I like Bruce. It's just the music, especially in the first four Bruce albums, are just phenomenal, man. Like the the, the composition. That's it right there. I just gave myself an idea. Good. I'm writing down another live album, man. That's that's just uh, got a good story for it too. So yeah. <laughs> maybe made in Japan. I'm just gonna guess made in Japan, but let's let's uh, let's figure that out later. <sighs> All right. So I think the only other metal news I have, I just want to say, I know Marco is not a big fan, but new Eternal Champion drop on November twentieth. Raven Iron. Ravening Iron is the name of the album, and I believe they have a song out on YouTubes. Also, the new Necrot dropped, uh, Mortal. Last week. Yeah. 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 So, and that's uh, that's all I get. Do you guys have anything else from Metal News? Uh, new, new Carcass song. I know that came yeah. out. Yeah, New oh, Carcass, Carcass song. Release. Excellent, yeah. excellent. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm actually going to listen to it right after the show. I've been busy Doug? all day, so I haven't gotten around to it. New High Spirits just came out. Oh, no shit. Yes, just released, uh, I believe, last week. End of last week, really good. Okay, all kinds of good stuff coming out. Yeah, it's, new- it's, it's going to be insane, man. It's going to be like albums just keep dropping, and bands are just like just sending it out, you know? Like crazy, man. It's hard to keep track already. Yeah, yeah no, you know it. what? Go ahead, Doug. Uh, I was gonna say it's nice. It's nice treat when you stumble on something that you didn't know came out. Like the Necrot, I didn't know it was coming out yet, and I stumbled upon it. I'm like, oh, awesome! So it's good to have little thing, little things to look forward to in this shit year. And uh, I just want to say for all you death metal heads who love classic bands, Incantation dropped a pretty, uh, pretty good banger. Uh, oh. Sex of something divinity. I cannot remember the full title. I just listened to it today for the first time. So nice full length. And, uh, a full length banger. Remember, awesome. uh, I sent you pictures. I actually just recently got like uh, this thing called a metalhead box. Yeah, I wanted to try it out to see what you know, see what I get. It, it, so it's I got a two LP and a T shirt bundle, and they also throw in little like gifts, like other shit with it. So it came with a DC shirt, which I love. It came with two vinyls of uh, I forget Lady Beast, which I don't like. That'll be on eBay. If it or if anybody's interested, hit me up, message me somehow, <laughs> and uh, buy that Lady Beast record off me. Uh, only in the U.S. So no international shipping. And then uh, I got this other album. And then anyway, it came with this Deicide pin with the logo from the first record on it. Oh, and then cool. it came with the new Incantation cassette tape. And that's actually how I found out the new Incantation was out because I don't have anything to play the cassette on, so I just went on to the old Spotify. And- 
just jammed yeah, out. Awesome. But anyway, Ma- it was great. Marco did. Marco sent me a video. I will post it because I think it's cool doing the uh, unveiling. You know, the unboxing. Yeah. The unboxing. You can see his childish excitement. <laughs> um. So, any other metal news you guys want to touch upon? I don't got anything personally. All yeah, right. I can't so, think of anything else. So, so right now. two quick horror things. Not really horror, but Halloween slash horror related. The Wicker Man, the original, is on Netflix. So, if you haven't seen it, go fucking watch it. Classic. Fucking classic. Sweet. Then, I got to actually watch it. And then um, and then you can listen to Agalock of the White, because that's basically what that's based on. You have all the Christopher Lee quotes and everything. He's such a... Great reference. His voice. Great reference. Uh, I love that man. And then, is it um, like, is it like a Pink Floyd situation, where the, you could actually put the album on while the movie's on? Does it go with it? No, I wish. But, but they do. That's so cool. They do tie it together very well. They kind of—it's chronological. <laughs> you can try and let me know how it works out. You might have to watch it twice, though. I, I, yeah. I, I know it's to do it twice because the I think it's just an EP. If you started at forty-two minutes, <laughs> you know, like like the, the yeah. wall. I remember yeah, taking yeah. acid watching The Wall. And, oh, uh, I, I remember watching that at Kevin's house, and we were just hammered. I not even on drugs, yeah. but fucking... The, I remember, like, the hammers and kids getting blown away in schools, and I'm like, what is happening right now? Yeah, I, I couldn't handle it on the acid. I could not handle it, but it was tough. I can't even look at... I can't even handle looking at the back of my hand on shrooms, never mind watching <laughs> that on acid. Um, so another thing I wanted to mention, I guess Adam Sandler's got a Halloween movie coming out. Um, yeah, good. 2020. Is it what's it called? Is it Hubby Halloween or Hubby? Yeah, yeah, Hubby Halloween. Hubby Halloween. So I don't yeah. know. I, 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 I know he's kind of declined over the years, but his company, you know, Happy Madison's really been pumping out some pretty good, decent stuff in the back. So hopefully they all kind of got together for this one, and it's not just a big fest. But yeah, he's been hit or miss. But I mean, the I, he, the last one he put out was pretty fucked up. It was like. Uh... It was actually really good. It was about a jewelry store owner and just like oh, New uncut York. gems, yeah. Oh, uncut dude, gems. uncut gems was good. And dude, that was a yeah. three-hour movie, though. Fucked up, yeah. But how it ended and everything was part. It was just, it was like, whoa, okay. Just tell me now, so I can save three hours of my life. I don't know. I, 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 qu- I like, I like Sandler. Depends on his. No, story. I don't know the quick story related to uncut gems. Actually, when I was doing the Uber in Boston, they premiered it at some place, and I actually picked up the people who set up the premiere for that. Movie oh, that's cool. In Boston. Oh, nice. Stupid, stupid little fact of uh, people I've had in my car. And they, they said Sandler was the nicest man they've ever met. I bet. I, I believe it. I definitely believe it. He'd probably give some of his ticket proceeds to COVID. Yeah. Yeah, he oh. would. Oh, I bet he would. Even though he's a fucking Jets fan. So fuck him. <laughs> we love fuck you, Adam. Him. Fuck you. Comes back New to Hampshire football. guy being a fucking Jets fan. Go. Suck my you-know-what. <laughs> All right. So why don't we move on to live albums here? Uh, I know we, we've touched upon some live albums in the past and even earlier tonight. But So I kind of want to ask a question, have you guys kind of answer individually. That way we don't, you know, um, talk over each other too much. But, sure. Direct two, direct two answers first, too. So it makes it easier. Yeah. So – now, in general, how do you guys feel about live albums? Who? Either. Kevin? Okay. I, I honestly, <laughs> I fucking, I hate live records. <laughs> I do. I, I, I'm, I just, 
I, I, I'm like a, I, I like I love seeing bands live or I, I like going and sitting down and like watching a, a, a full um, like live performance if I'm bored out of my mind and I, you know, it's just me and like I have a couple drinks and watch a live performance, but I fucking hate live records. I just never listen to them. Is it the quality? Yeah. Uh, it just, I just don't care for them, man. Like if I, if I want live, I want to go see, I want to go see them live. So you'll never, I don't, uh, it, this is, this is going to be a good one for me because I actually had to think. <laughs> wow. Like, you know, uh, I never. I, it makes sense knowing you and your personality. It does make sense now, but I never really put two and two together. You know, I figured there might be some classics that you might, you know, from whatever. All right, well, let me ask Marco this question then, since he does like live albums. Marco, what do you think makes a good live album? What do you think? What do you think? Look, I, I'm actually on Kevin's Kevin's uh, perspective on this. I wouldn't so much say I hate live albums. But they're definitely not my go-tos. But there are a few that are my go-tos, which I'll get into. And the reason I like them is, uh, you know, first off, the sound's got to be good. And I think a lot of live albums lack sound. And, like, they don't have that punch. Uh, they're not recorded right. And I'd just rather listen to the studio versions, you know. But the real good live albums, like, I'll use one that I'm not even going to talk about. And I forget which one it is. Whatever one that the Fear of the Dark live version's famous of. Is it a real live dead one or a real live one that's off of that right or is it rock and rio you know the the fear of the dark the live one that Ooh, yeah when everyone but yeah like, um that's been out for a long time it does uh, maybe it was rock and rio or it could be a real live dead one or whatever a real dead one or a live one you know remember they did those two where they played newer songs on one and then older songs so i think it would be a real live one but anyway like that shit punches you hear the fucking crowd i actually prefer to listen to that over the studio version because it's just you 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 churn that shit up and you feel like you're there and that's the thing there are albums that i love that are live but not all of them do that to me actually not the majority do that to me so a lot of times live records i shelf them but there are a few like i said i'm going to talk about that they just pack that punch or the energy is good in them and and i just love it i could almost envision myself being there especially when you've seen the band before you know what i mean can yeah. we all can we all agree that the push for live records really came because of Kiss Alive? Of course, and that's on my list. That's that's one of the uh, ones I'll be talking about. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, so Marco, you say that it's kind of a quality thing. See, the reason why, and I'm the same way. I'm not a humongous live um, album fan. Uh, what I like is like time period pieces. Like I like I like. Slayer, 1984, because it's like a little time capsule when they're just young and raw, you know, and it's sometimes not the best quality, but like all the ones I like are kind of like from bands earlier. Like I wouldn't listen to like Creator, you know, live from back in like last year, you know, because I know what it's going to sound like. I would rather listen to yeah. like old shit from the 80s when they still didn't blow his voice. You know what I mean? Like I like well, the time period, the time capsule live albums that kind of capture either a band in their prime or a band when they had that raw, like, you know, just power. Nothing yeah, drives a... me crazier than getting a fucking album and they throw two or three live tracks on at the end. That just drives me nuts. <laughs> it's and, and, and go back to what you were saying, Doug. That just sounds like you're just a man of the 80s. You like the old school shit better. You know, I do. Like, listening to Creator Record, you're going to hear nine new tracks, maybe three old songs on it. You know, but you listen out of the dark and into the light. 
and it's all old. You know, everything's fucking old, and and, and that's just your era, man. That's the shit you like, and that's why. But if you were in a melodic, like modern creator, which I like some of it, I, I could I think you leave a lot of it, but that's what would be your go to if that's what you got into. You know what I mean? But you love that early fucking pleasure to kill and uh, yeah. terrible certainty and extreme aggression shit. You know, flag of hate. So out of dark, out of the darkness into the light is is my number one pick for like favorite live album of all time. It's just that it just captured them, and you called me on that one. It they, it just captured the essence of them back in 1988 when they were like in their I don't say in their prime, but they were momentum. They had it going on. Absolutely, man. But now, um, like, if I were to listen to like a creator now, Millie's voice is just very. He, I think he blew his but, voice out at some point, and then, like, live, I don't mind, because, like, the drum and guitars, like, drowned it out a little bit, but on an album, that's all I can hear. And once you and hear it, it's like... That's what I was just about to say to you. I bet you you still love going live, but listening to it on a record when you can, you know, obviously it's recorded that way, and they, they go through the soundboard or whatever they do, and obviously you're going to hear the voice real loud and clear, and, the, you know, so... So I agree. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I mean, yeah. so you I'm definitely, today, but I'm not listening are, are, to that shit. Are we just going through one one record at a time? It's going in order of favorite to uh, least no, favorite? No, no, no. I actually wanted to ask uh, real quick. We could do that at the end. I mean, I got like 50 of them I could talk about, you know, like that because I've been actually listening to all live records the last like week and a half, pretty much. But well, I why do we do ask? Huh? I was going to say, why don't we do our top three each and then we can discuss some after. Of, of... Well, I, wa- I want to ask one question first and then uh, we can go right into that. That's fine. But uh, I just want to ask, what was your first live album that made like an impact on you? Ooh, that's a great question. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, or Doug, was ready. I don't give a shit. I, I'm going to tell you right now, it's like youngest uh, and still to this day is impactful is Alice in Chains Unplugged. Excellent. Excellent. I was gonna say mine would be Nirvana unplugged. Same. Excellent. And 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 because it took whether it was their heaviest song and their lightest song and put it into this one set list. And not only that, but the band was at the end of their career as a band. They hadn't played together in years. It was like this whole fucked up situation. And they came together and they sounded like they had still been together. Uh, and it just it was a awesome atmosphere and everything man and it was just uh i mean they just crushed it and still to this day i think that's the one live album i would say out of any for me um i'll listen to because it also not only is it live but it's a different uh a different take on their originals which then makes you feel like you're listening to something else not just them playing it live right okay so it's kind of like uh you got some different facets of interest, and then you also got the nostalgia factor there too. So yep. it's kind of just the yep. perfect little, yeah. And I, I feel the same way. You kind of nailed it because I feel the same way about Nirvana because that was, you know, the same, basically the same thing. You're just hearing all these songs in a completely different tone and a lot more heroin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say this about both those albums. They actually made my honorable mention list. Alice in Chains is my favorite out of the two, wow. personally, but. Uh... But the only reason is because we're more a metal show. And I don't really feel like those are metal bands, so I kind of kept it out. But Alice in Chains, arguably, would probably be in my top two or three live album of all time still to this day. Oh, yeah. um, you know, Nirvana would probably be like six or seven because I love that album too. But uh, the album that did it for me is when I was a kid, and I remember I seeing my cousin's Iron Maiden 
fucking killers banner. And I made my mom, I forced her into buying me cassette tapes when I was like seven or eight. And I remember the first two I got was Peace of Mind and Made in Japan. Oh, wow. And so Made in Japan, Paul Diano era, singing, I think it's five tracks, maybe six tracks. I got it on vinyl now. I wish I pulled it out so I could look at it. But, but um, yeah, man, it's, it, it, that album like really made me fall in love with Iron Maiden. That along with Peace of Mind, of course. But, and that's what made me learn, like, like, you know, Phantom of the Opera. And that's what got me interested in the Yano era. And I'd say that was the first album that really get me. And, and that I actually played on repeat constantly. You know, on cassette tape. Same shit on both sides, if I remember correctly. It was, uh, it was fucking awesome. Great, great record, man. Great record. Wow. You know what? I haven't actually heard it. So maybe next time uh, we should, you should play it. Absolutely. Marco. We'll listen to it. Yeah. What are the odds that me and you go over Kevin's at some point soon? He's just blasting nothing but live albums. That's normally what happens with Kevin. You'll suggest something, you'll shit on it, and two, three years no, later. Yeah, two, three years later, you have to wait. We have some time to go between. <laughs> Got to let it stew a little. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, got, I guarantee you he will definitely listen to more live shit after this conversation. But yeah, All right, now what do you want to go guys. into, Doug? All right, so why don't we just kind of just t- talk about our top three and then one honorable mention? Because, you know, I can never just have a single number. Well, I'm going top five. And like, yeah, all right, I'll I'll do, let's I'll do, do top five. Yeah, I already got it written down. You want me to just go with my top five? Sure. Yeah. All right, so number five, and I'll give you even like small reasons. I'm not going to try to talk forever, but Misfits Evil Live, number five. And I'm going to say why. Me and my buddy Matt. Used to drive around. We we're like 15 years old. I was 15 years old. He was like 17 or, or whatever, 16, 17. And we would fucking jam joints and just listen to Evil Live on repeat, man. And I just have such fond memories of the album. And I love the fact that Henry Rollins does We Are With 38 at the end. Love it. Mm-hmm. Second album, or number four, Iced Earth, Alive in Athens. Oh, you bastard. Uh, yeah, I, I think that some of them will be the same. But that that the reason I love that album so much is because I, I ended up becoming friends with, as Doug calls him, my sugar daddy, my buddy Mike. And I remember the first time I ever went to his house, and he had like a weird eclectic mix of music. And I can't remember what pop music, but he had like probably Hanson. But then he'd have Overkill Years of Decay. And then I remember looking at this Iced Earth album. And I remember thinking Iced Earth was like power metal. I hate fucking power metal. I still to this day hate power metal. But they have a thrashy vibe to him. He's like, dude, you got to listen to this record. So we put it on. And I think for the next four or five years, I became the biggest Dice to Earth fan. Still listen to this record all the time. Number three, Agnostic Front Live at CBG's 89. When I was like 14, first getting myself into hardcore, I ended up buying that record. And the energy is amazing. And it's just some a record I've never like not listened to. And, and fucking Spotify, step up your fucking game so I don't have to play it on other media when I'm in my car. But fucking step up your game and get it on there because I don't want to have to watch it on fucking YouTube and just look at the cover for fucking 45 minutes. Number two, Iron Maiden, Live After Death. Now I'm going to say this. I almost went with Made in England. Just because Made in England, I had the cassette tape when I was like uh, maybe nine years old or something. And I used to watch that shit crazy, crazy, crazy amounts. But I actually don't remember them ever releasing that on CD. I'm sure there's probably a version of it now, but at the time, I don't think it was released on CD. Just VHS, right? Yeah, I think it was just VHS. But now, I mean, it's on Spotify and all that bullshit. So I'm going live after death. And that's what I was talking about, like, with the whole the crowd could pull you in bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And it's just the 
I love like listening to the crowd just sing along with Bruce, and I just think the the, the album's just beautiful and it's recorded really well. And my number one album, and just because I used to fucking jam this all the time, I remember fucking just sitting at my buddy Rob's house, and we'd be fucking literally listening to this shit on repeat with Slayer, Decade of Aggression. And the reason I love that album so much is because literally it came out right after Seasons of the Abyss, and I would love to call that the golden era of the band, when all four guys were in the band the whole fucking time. And uh, they're obviously their best records and, and they're, 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 you know, honestly, since 91, their discography has been fucking very, you know, hit or miss aside from Undisputed Attitude. I know that that album gets a lot of eight, but I love it because I love hardcore, too. But that is my number one record. I fucking love it. And then, uh, like I said, I, I'm just going to mention this real quick. Honorable mentions. I did have Allison Chains Nirvana right there and then Agnostic Front Last Warning, which is another recording they did in like 91 or two. But anyway, that wraps up mine. I want to see how yours compare to mine. You know, surprisingly, I couple couple of the same bands um, and only one album. So I'm going to just go quick through it. So number five, I'm going to go with Malaya Rage, Live Kill. And if, for those that, that don't know, that Malaya Rage was a, probably one of the two or three thrash bands from our area, from Boston area, not, not necessarily the city, but that actually kind of made a name for themselves between, like, it was like them, maybe Wargasm, Formicide, um, Temporary Insanity. Like they, There wasn't a lot of thrash that came out of Boston that got real big, but that one there is fun. It's it's kind of cheesy and got a lot of good banter, but it's they just kill it. They fucking kill it on that one. Let me cut you off real quick just for a second. I, I actually I texted Doug while we were doing this journey, and I asked him for suggestions. Like, what should I listen to? And he sent me that album. And it's only, I think, five or six songs or whatever. Yeah, but sure. I, literally, I, li- I, I think I listened to it three times in a row. So, yeah, man, great suggestion, man. That actually is on my honorable mention list, too, now. I, I love that record. Nice. The, there's one song, like, when I say cheesy banter, he's like, this next song, he's like, it's about death and the fear of dying. It's almost like I think he's trying to be like Tom Araya, and then he's like, it's about wolves. They chew you up and spit you out. It's called the pack. It's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can tell. I don't know if it's like he's trying to be like uh, like funny or if that's just how he was. But um, I, I, I do enjoy that one a lot. I think I um, get very cheap on vinyl too, Marco. It's very affordable. Yeah, I'll, pick, I'll pick it up, man. I'll pick it up. All right. So number four for me is uh, I'm going to go with Metallica, Binge and Purge. Because... Uh, Back in the, you know, you got that. It was they had the, once again Metallica. They know what they're doing. They got this. They got the gimmick, man. You you get this little. It looked like a little crate, you know, and it had the. You'd open it up and have the uh, Metafuca stencil. It would have the awesome. the pr- program, the three VHS and the three CDs or three tapes, whatever. You know, depending on which one you DVDs, got. But, yeah, yeah. I got the VHS myself. Yeah, I had yeah. the VHS. Yeah, I had both. And Actually, um, I just bought the I just bought the uh, digital version the other day. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to. they sound great. The quality's great. I think that's when they were in their prime. I know that a lot of people say, you know, Black Album, they were in their prime. But I think there was still just so much energy and aggression on that album because it was the, uh, what was it, Damage Justice. So it was like 89 maybe. And I know it's like, I think throughout a couple different concerts. So it kind of gives you this big, uh, it gives you an idea of what they were like, you know, in different cities and shit. It was just, so number that, that comes in at number four for me. Number three is going to be Ice Earth Live in Athens. I know Marco just touched upon that one, but three albums. I bet I'm at number four. Yep. 
So three albums, 31 songs, everything up to something wicked and everything you want to hear. And he, he just, once again, that, I think that's their prime. They just sound perfect. And every song you want to hear, you don't skip anything. Yeah, the, the only thing about that album now, uh, since knowing Ice Earth discography, I wish they did that album after Horror Show. That's the only only thing I wish they did, just to wrap up like the Barlow era. But hey, it is you can't you can't help when it comes out. So. That's true. Yeah, you know I never thought of that. That's a good point. Would have been yeah, cool be to nice hear, like to hear Damien Jack or, or Wolf. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah Damien. That'd be a cool one too. Yeah. Uh, so coming in, this was a close one, but coming in number two was Slayer Live Undead. I know you had a decade of aggression, which is also another favorite. Something about Live Undead. I believe, and there was a lot of kind of controversy behind this one too. Because it's it's it is a live show, but it was recorded in a music studio with like fifteen people. So it's kind of a lot of people were like, it's not really live, you know. It's like, well, no, you're still playing in front of people just because you're in a music studio. You are playing in front of a real crowd crowd that has energy and cheering. Like, I just uh, I love his banter in that. Um, I, I just I, I I love that album. And then number one yeah. is going to be. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But I want to I want to tell you why that album didn't make my list. Because I didn't want to put two albums on from one band, so so the, it would have probably been my number five, to be honest, or four, or something like that. Okay, but so that anyway, was a runner-up, though, huh? It, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't put in my honorables because I knew it would be in your list. Like I know you that well that I knew that album would be there. So I was like, "Fuck it, I don't even have to mention it because you're going to mention it." So that's true. Good man. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, so my, number one is uh, "Creator Out of the Darkness into the Light." And this one here was so it. They kind of gave you a tease, and they did it smart. They put like out the EP, or like before. All right, even if you didn't have the EP, like every time you'd buy an album, and I know Kevin was just shitting on this. They would add one or two bonus tracks from this. So if you like those, then you'd buy their whole like EP with I think two new songs, a Raven cover, and then pretty much the whole Dynamo set from like 1988. Um. But it's just, it's killer. One of those albums that it captures them in their prime. They're just raw. They're just hungry and young and want to destroy the world. And that's that's that energy. And I don't um, need to be an elitist metal fan, Doug, but I think it was 89 because isn't Love Us or Hate Us on there? Uh, it came out in, no, uh, Five Song EP dropped in August 1988 on Noise. Oh, so that must be the re-release because there is a Love Us or Hate Us on that record, isn't Yes, there? so in 1992, Sanctuary re-released it with full... Um, Dynamo performance. I got these in my notes okay. here because I got yeah, you. but but uh, dude, just the lineup too. Like waiting of the gods, like shit you don't normally hear. And then you're right, yeah, it's behind the mirror, but it's behind the mirror live. So, but that was that was um, that's one of my faves. Then I have 17 runner ups. If you guys want to just uh, hold on a sec, <laughs> if you want to run through them, yeah. go ahead. Uh, just a few. Um, Testament, Return to the Apocalyptic City. Um, I just love that album. I love the versions of that. Um, because I know the ritual had just come out and, you know, so many lies on that. That's my favorite version of so many lies, even way better than like, the actual record. Right. If you have 17, Doug, I suggest you shorten them up and just saying what they are because we'll be here no. for the next 20 minutes listening to you. I only yeah, nobody more. wants to know your fucking explanation <laughs> of why you like it. Wow, it was okay when Marco did it. Fuck off. Oh, I, my runner-ups I just mentioned. That's all. I didn't go I didn't go too crazy. I did so I did do the... I don't when really I have 17. One, when I heard this one, I was, you know, looking outside from my schoolboy window as a schoolboy, just thinking about days. Anyway. Or um, actually, it, from the wood shop. 
from the woods. Well, that, that was my <laughs> top five. My runner-ups, I did not do explanations. We can listen back. No. And I, I got so, so shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I don't care. <laughs> I don't have 17, obviously. But no, so Cliff Amal was a big thing growing up, too. That was like, I know they never oh, made yeah. CD of it, but just though, just watching those different little concerts, same thing, just capture them. Pippen and then what? James, you know, that's a good era. Yes. And then, um, so not the whole album itself, but Megadeth Root Awakening, She-Wolf in particular, hmm. um, is a great song. It's like going to be like a 12-minute song. And Dave and Al P- Pitterini, Pirelli, Petter, help me out here. Petrelli? Petrelli. Petrelli. They kind of have like a guitar off and they kind of go back and forth in the middle of uh, She-Wolf in between Jimmy DeGrasio's drum solo. But that's a fun one. I don't recommend the whole thing just because like I think what I think Marco said he listened to it not too long ago and he's like, this is the longest live album I've ever listened to. Oh, uh, dude, it's like three hours. I don't know. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck happened there. But Was it yeah, an actual like, rude awakening? What did I write? I think I wrote, do they play every fucking song from the catalog on this? Pretty like, sure. Jesus, fuck. It yeah, is long, pretty, close. pretty fucking close. And I think they dropped that as like a, um, like a, you know, a video and live. So that was kind of like a, a big deal for them back then. And uh, that wraps me up. All right, Kevin, what do you got? Wow. All right. Well, in uh, since I fucking hate live records in no particular order, I, I don't really care. I, I again, number one on my list is the is. Alice in Chains Unplugged, just uh, that's the only live record I could actually revisit and, and listen to. Um, other ones, though, that have impacted my musical choice, or after Doug told me five years prior about a band and I discovered the live record and was like, holy crap, Doug, these guys are amazing. Uh, and then he proceeds to scream at me, like, I showed you this fucking band like 10 years ago. You know, I'm starting to write down uh, when I show you and when I show you and proof of it. That way I can be like, let me pull up the log. Now you like insomnium? Hold on. The- <laughs> January 2009. Well, if that if that's the case, let's start off with the original band, Iron Maiden. All right. So uh, I'm going to go with Maiden Live at the Hammersmith. It's actually based off of um, uh, it's from the history of Iron Maiden part one. It's that DVD, but it's the Diano years. So it would be the Hammersmith with Diano, not with um, with uh, Dicky. So that's that's the live performance that just fucking captivated me. That's when I was like, man, that was right around the time when uh, I think I was either gonna go see Maiden. I don't know if that came out before Maiden played uh, um, at Ozfest or if it was after, but it didn't matter, man. That that performance, watching Diano um, sing, I just that that's that just sold me. Remember watching him do Remember Tomorrow Live. I was like, this dude's got pipes. And it was just the feel was perfect and, and everything. So in the whole time period, and that's when I'm like, man, I gotta check these guys out. Um, and then Doug yelled at me. But but that was really <laughs> that was really my gateway, my own personal gateway for getting into Maiden. Um I this next one, it's funny because I don't really care for Ripper too much as a vocalist, but uh Priest live in London um great record great great live album it was cool to hear a different vocalist um do helford stuff and his take on them so it's kind of a different twist um but he did a great job like even on the cover song that they do his own cover of diamonds and rust was fucking awesome uh it really got me into the band uh obviously i i, I prefer helford over ripper 
but it was really more of the music and listening to the whole, I don't know, just a, you know, whole discography <laughs> that priest had up to that point. Um, that's when I just said like, man, these tracks are all killer. I got to go back and start to look, you know, deeper into these guys. And then of course I was like, I'm so glad they got rid of Ripper and got Halford back. But uh, I, it, that, that record just, you know, a live record that just kind of was inspiration to my, um, my musical taste. And now priests are like my top five bands. So um, that album really is my gateway. Uh, I, I would say if you're going to talk about performance, accuracy, live quality, I have to, you know, obviously I'm going to throw in an Opeth live album. Um, I fucking knew it. I fucking those, knew it. Those guys, uh, <laughs> if you want to listen to live music and feel like you're still listening to the record with almost zero uh, mistakes, you're going to have to listen to a live Opeth record. Um, highly suggest listen to live concert at Royal Albert Hall. It's an awesome packaging. I actually own it, never listened to it. Uh, I've only pulled it out to watch the DVD. And, um, I mean, outside of that, it is just a killer um, uh, live record that has one song from each of their albums on it um, up to, up until, like, the 2008 Opeth era, uh, which is the Watershed album. And it's just so cool because you get one song from every single uh, album and and just how diverse they were and how progressive they became and everything so and they just they they crushed it so great live record um i'm gonna actually throw in uh a single so it's opeth's single of black sabbath solitude it's a great great live performance probably in my opinion the best live uh black sabbath cover that anyone has ever done yeah oh fuck yeah on it so, that's what um, that's what got me back into like I remember Solitude growing up, but I remember hearing that randomly, and I just fell in love with it all over again. Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, I mean that that same thing, man. I, we I pretty much said the same thing when we heard it. I was like, wow, they did a killer cover of it. Um, and and if I could, I mean, I know you can get it. Uh, uh, it like I would have to just rip it from one of my Opeth records, but. It came with the box set, and you could. I just wish it was in a digital download that I could. I could get off, you know, iTunes um, or off of off Apple Music, but I'll have to go dig it up and add it myself. Um, you already. I mean, you know, I it was. I was on the fence about Ice Earth, so I. I'm obviously a Stu Block fan. I love his vocal style and just his range. So I'm a big fan of. I'm probably gonna fuck up uh, the say. You know, the pronunciation of this, but Ice Earth live um, in ancient. Korean. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just because it just spans the entire band's history, and it's just awesome to hear Stu Block sing um, everybody's shit, you know, from the beginning of Ice Earth. So he he just he crushes all of it. So it's just it's awesome hearing him do those songs. Um, and then I, I remember had, you. I was gonna say I remember you sending me that. Well, that came out what like oh oh nine. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, or it's maybe like, two thousand ten. Newer, yeah, newer. But I mean, it's still it's crazy thing that Stu Block's been in the band for over a decade now. Yeah, I know it is crazy, and and we're gonna get a Barlow Christmas record. So I mean, you know, you get <laughs> <laughs> the best of both worlds. Uh, when Christmas gonna... when Christmas comes early, I do too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just wish with the whole Stu thing that like Schaefer would let him fucking like unleash a little bit. What to do more well, of the Helford uh, vocals? Yeah, man, just to do like more because Stu Block can sing like sixteen different styles, and I think I feel like he almost sounds like Barlow too much in Ice Earth. Yeah, 
I mean, like you can well, tell, like she was like sound like Barlow. Yeah, and he can. He's like, okay, I can. Let me just copy his voice exactly. <laughs> and that's pretty much pretty much but, what he does. And that's well, why the, I can't. The thing really, is, dystopia. You know, a lot of people didn't like dystopia because they're like, oh, it's it okay. not really Stu being Stu. I think the problem was like he was told, this is. I want you to sound as close to this. Like, let's let the fans, um, you know, let's lead them, um, you know, to to the fountain before you start to rip. And I mean, he's really he's let loose every record since. I think he's definitely changed it up. I'm I, I'm I'm excited to see them do a new record. You know, at some point, hopefully in the next year. If not, they probably already have it written. I would hope. Jesus. Now, how um, come you think yeah. the Ripper got a free pass to kind of do? Not, I'm sure Schaefer kind of had a little bit of uh, say, but I think the Ripper seemed like he had a little bit more freedom. I, I think he wanted something different at that time. There might have been, I don't know. I mean, who knows? We could make it up. But I think that's kind of, I think he was pissed at the point. That's when Barlow walked away, right? So I think he was pissed. Like the so, first time, I think he was kind of mad at him. So he's like, fuck this. I'm going to go with somebody who sounds like Helford. Because, you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure Schaefer's a big Priest fan. So, Dude, the biggest and fuck I, you ever. No. Yeah. The biggest fuck you ever was when they had Ripper re-record the trilogy. Yeah, and yeah. put it out as an EP, like or a single, whatever you'd even call it. Yeah, that. again, not a not a Ripper fan. Like I, I mean, he doesn't even he's he's much higher than uh than Helford, and I can't stand his incessant um, bellowing. It just it never fucking ends, and I and I know he does that on purpose just to show off his technical ability, but it gets annoying as fuck. Just I I, I I have a quick question though. Like I actually agree with everything Kevin said right there in that last uh, statement, but uh, I, I Ripper sucks balls. I do like Glorious <laughs> Burn, but is it true? Is it true that there is actually versions with yes. Matt Barlow out yes. there somewhere? Yes, there are. Can you listen to them, or are they not out? It's, it's no, I don't think you can find them, man. I wish if somebody out here ever knows this please email us at vintageburnpodcast at gmail.com to tell us where you found it but i want i would love the barlow version of that uh, me too me too man I would, i'm surprised he hasn't released it as a you know schaefer and his oh, super special edition i would oh, i would pay for that yeah yeah guess what it's probably coming not too far after fucking you know eight nights in bethlehem or whatever the hell it's going to be called oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's yeah. coming, yeah, dude. There, yeah, you're right. He's a businessman. He's saving that shit. Look what just came out. So, what is it? The remastered version of uh, uh, the original Ice Earth EP, whatever. I oh, mean, and um, I, got, I actually got that one. I'm a sucker. I got on tape, vinyl, and shirt because uh, yeah, brand new, beautiful artwork and realm, everything. Man. Yeah, it it's coming. At some point, you're not wrong that that record will get released, and it should. I want to hear it. I'd buy it. I mean, Barlow was in, the, in the, the Gettysburg, the last three songs. He played one like the – I think he played General Lee. But he did one of the voices in the end, which I thought was kind of cool too because he kind of just – yeah, he just got a very – I don't want to say sophisticated, but his voice is when he speaks and when he sings, you listen. You know, it's like you're drawn yeah. to him. Definitely. And just, uh, just because we haven't, I have to mention uh, that Dave Mustaine rules and Megadeth rules. It's been a while. We didn't mention Megadeth at all today. Yeah, actually, that's what's that's what's coming soon too. We're waiting for the new Megadeth release, which I, I understand that uh, he let Van Buren do some blast beats in it. So I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. I, Megadeth I, Blast. It sounded good. Yep, 
I agree. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Dirk is a fucking killer drummer, man. I mean, everything from grindcore to death metal and traditional and I mean, jazz, you know, he's going to be, it's, I, I think he's putting some new life uh, back in the band. Um, I was oh, going to yeah. say my, my last one here would be, uh, I was going to say Metallica live and, you know, live shit binge and purge, but Doug already said it. There's no more to say on it. So the other one I'll throw in and said is going to be blind guardian live. It's the one with the awesome cover of Bard's Tavern on it. Um, it's really, I think, the the golden years of Blind Guardian. Um, yeah, and it was just a cool, I mean, everything. Artwork, inlay on the vinyl. Uh, the whole set list was, like, unbelievable. The You know, people singing along with Bard Song and everything like that. Um, I don't know. It just made me, like, really appreciate Blind Guardian and then start to explore their discography. So... Aside from Doug playing Battalions of Fear like eight thousand times, like beyond that record, like <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I actually forgot, forgot about, about like that. Three record. records, three records. I think uh, Tales of the Twilight, I believe it's called. I like it. I like them up through there. Is that their third album? Yep, I like them that up to there though. Then after that, I can't stand them. Fuck them. Over the like app, beyond <laughs> that, I think it's kind of a it's hit or miss. I know a lot of people like a. I don't know. His voice gets, they don't get, they're not thrashy enough. And I'm not trying to sound like that guy. But they just lose the thrash element that really drew me to them. And then Hansi's voice is, well, now it's not good. Uh, now it's, it's not good. Oh, he's got, an, he's not got good? an amazing, he's got an amazing voice. You shut up. Really? He's got a cilantro care. voice. You know, some people either love cilantro or some people think it tastes like soap or shit. He's got yeah. a cilantro voice. Either you fucking adore Ooh. it and love him or it's, you don't. Or yeah, it's, it's like, like Ripper. Like so. I mean, it's like Ripper. But here's here's my the only nice thing I'll say about Ripper. I would go see uh, because he's now in the um, KK Downing's Judas Priest. I would go see him in KK Downing's Judas Priest just because I want to see KK Downing and and with one of the drummers that that played on several Priest records, uh, one of their killer about. drummers. Um, no, he's dead. Uh, so I, I would, but I would definitely want to see that, and I'll put up with listening to. The whole time. Yeah, live probably wouldn't be as bad. It's one of those things, too. Like, live, it kind of blends with everything else. And But he's also getting older, so his voice is getting deeper, which is a good thing. Uh, the last chart walls wasn't as high as the earlier shit, so he's, he's you know, kind of a, he's getting older. He's, he's a dick in general, from what I hear. He's always... And I love how, like, these, like, these... It's like Corey Taylor. For some reason, it's like, oh, um... Tim the Ripper Owen said this about this, and it's like, I don't give a fuck about what he's talking about, or him. And he looks like yeah. a douchebag in his monster black flat-rimmed monster hat. I'm like, you look, stop you look being, like a stop penis. Stop being so judgmental, Doug. He's a penis. So, how so do you, I got a question, though. How do you, you know he's everybody. an asshole? Have you heard that he's an asshole? Oh, yeah. It's like well-known that he's kind of like just oh, a very okay. arrogant prick. Oh, yeah, maybe maybe it's just arrogance. Maybe he's kind of joking sometimes, but like a lot of the shit... He just seems like he's in his own head way too fucking much. Well, I, I, I mean, the only thing I'll say in his defense is if you have us three assholes telling him he, he sucks balls compared to Helford, I mean, I probably, I'd probably be a dick too. You know how much That's shit true, that dude. guy got, dude, on that first record when he was in the band? They, people were like, oh, man. Oh. People laid into him. Just like but, Blaze Bailey, brother. Just like Blaze yeah. Bailey. He got <laughs> hit on. Hit on too. Poor Blaze. You know that they Maiden tried to they tried to bring back the Diano sound with him, except they failed miserably. I think they were trying to do a combo of both though, because he tried hitting like these highs like Bruce, but he just couldn't uh, pull it off. 
Yeah. But he definitely, I think he was, you know, I'm not, uh, I was going to say better than Diano, but more like Diano, more like Diano. Yeah, but he still couldn't right. hit. But I heard he, him try he to do couldn't both. hit. Yeah, he couldn't even hit some of those higher notes that Diano still can hit. I didn't even, I watched a video recently with Diano and I didn't realize, I mean, aside from the fact he's like leaning on a cane and he's like, you know, just looks completely different from, from the eighties. He, uh, the dude can he still looks hit like Kerry no, King. pretty much. Yeah. He's, he's frightening now. <laughs> Kerry King and Gigi Allen, if they had a love child, it'd be Paul Diano now. Yeah. But he, uh, but he was, he was just, he just did a concert. Uh, I mean, you know, pre COVID, but he, he did a show and he sounded amazing. Like he could still hit some of his notes from the eighties. Like, you know, Dickinson can't really hit a lot of those high notes anymore. And he, um, and uh, Deanna was funny. Like somebody yelled out, "Like play a play a Dickinson era," and he was just like, "I don't." He's like, "Dude, I don't fucking sing that shit." And he was just funny, like how he even reacts. He doesn't get mad about it. He just kind of like he's like he's like, "If you want to go see Maiden, go see Maiden." <laughs> but let me say this, dude. Like Maiden, uh, when Bruce joined the band, they put out an album in eighty two, eighty three, eighty four, eighty six, eighty eight, right? That's a lot of albums in that span. And yeah. they fucking played 250 live shows a year. Uh, that, that dude sang so much. Like, how do you expect his voice to hold up, man? That dude's yeah. been, he sang probably fucking 5,000 shows or more in his yeah. fucking life. Who knows? No, I know. Never mind what his solo shit he was doing in the 90s. That dude is one of the hardest workers in the biz. Oh, Paul oh Diano no had doubt. a lot of year off. No doubt. He had, he, he had what? Paul Diano's Battle Zone and a couple other little projects, but they never took off. Nothing ever happened. Yeah, Battle Zone wasn't terrible. I actually just, I just picked up three of their records uh, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to give them a shot. Like, they're not, they're, I mean, they're still not as good as the Maiden stuff, but I mean, he's still him, man. So it's still him belting out, and he he sings really well on them. So, but well, I'm sure he does a good job. It, it's just the players. He doesn't yeah. have the players he had in Maiden, you know. I yeah, mean, Steve no. Harris. You want to talk? You want to talk about a great on on fucking bass? Is Steve fucking Harris. that dude is a maniac, man? Yeah, he's great. I mean, he, he might be one on. of the best metal bassists of all time. I mean, he's right there. You can't argue that. I mean, he's got to be in a top five list. I would say. Yeah, he's he's, he's you know? great. Well, I think that wraps it up, right? We yeah, uh, man, we're at about an hour and ten. Yeah, it's longer than I thought we'd go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm there, bro. I, uh, I like yeah. everybody's uh, opinions, and uh, yeah, man, it was fucking cool. I'm gonna even check out the Opeth record, even though. Uh, oh, we got a live, call in here. Hold me. on, we got somebody calling in. We got a call in. We got a call. Uh... G'day What's up? You're live with Vintage Burn. What's going on? G'day from the, the land down under. How's it going? Hey, what's going on? Where are you Not from, bud? Right. Just... Sydney, Australia. He's from Australia. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That's, that's awesome, man. I just wanted to make my input just quickly. Uh, I think ACDC are one of the best metal, heavy metal bands ever. All right. Yeah. I like what them. I, I, but I prefer like the early Bon Scott era. But honestly, yeah, bon I, I like it all, man. I'm with you. I I agree. Yeah. What what about what so, about your favorite? What's your favorite live album from ACDC? If you had to to, to shout one out for uh, people to to check out. Uh, Back to Black, I think was one of their best. Oh, just their albums, yeah. Like ACDC Live would be like the live album by them, right? Be like yeah, early nineties, right after Racer's Edge. But Back to Black, yeah. see, I like that album, but I love like Highway to Hell. That's I think. It, Let there be rock. That might be my favorite. Let there be rock. What's the my favorite? Stiff- Sorry, my Sorry. favorite is you shoot me all night long. That's oh, okay. one of my favorites. The hits, yeah. 
Nice. Awesome. I did like Stiff Upper Lip. I did have that, I think, on tape as a kid, and it was just kind of – they were huge, too. I always forget how gigantic they were at one point in time. Oh, yeah. They were Stadium. massive. Stadiums. Yeah. yeah. All right. No worries. Well, man, we're us, brother. Hey, thanks for calling in. We appreciate yeah. it, man. You're, good to hear from you. you're welcome. Hey, have a good night. No worries. Take it easy. You take too, it easy, bro. brother. Yeah, those guys yep. are, you know, they, they were they were absolutely massive. I and you know what? I think they're for, for all of us, obviously. Like, uh, um, I I think they were like you're, it's like a band you always like just automatically include in, in stuff. I mean, I know we don't typically listen to them now, but I do love the early, early ACDC years. Oh, so do I. And that's what I was trying to say. Like, I love it because they, they, their songs weren't the same formula like they are now, you know? Oh, yeah. And I think, sure. and I think that they, they were just much better. Like you listen to let there be rock. That song's insane, man. Yeah. It's just got riffs in that shit. It's just great. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Onslaught you know, does and a like, great cover. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do. But in the 80s, uh, when when Brian Johnson, they became more for you. They're like, I actually compare them to like the Amon Marth of today, yeah. like right now, <laughs> you know, like Amon Marth just seems to put out the same album over and over and over since like, 2001. <laughs> and that's ACDC. I love it's their good. early input, but the, the, the new shit. Yeah, some of it's good, but it's like the same shit. But anyway, well, I think point. we know. I think we know now. ACDC's done anyway. I mean, at this point, you know, with everything, and it's it's. Uh, I don't know what they're going to call it or what their their plan is, but I mean, I think I think we can safely say that it should be put to bed. But we'll see. Who knows? I know oh. they had another, and they're like, oh, we might write a record, we might not. I mean, it's really going to be hard without Malcolm on rhythm, man. Mm-hmm. That, that that I just you can't replace. Like you know, and some that- bands, well, you can't replace people. And then Axl Rose was singing for for a while too, right? Yeah, Brian Johnson's yeah, back. For a tour. Yeah, he's back. Oh, is he? Yeah, he had like, I mean, he couldn't hear, and you know, I had to help him with technology for him to actually hear so that he can sing again. And I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's time, you know, it's time to put up, put up the robe. Yeah. Like, all right, boys. Yeah. Um, I just right, want guys. to tell everybody, everybody out there, check out our Conjuring Two review coming out sometime soon. Whatever Kevin decides. Yeah, probably. I, I, I'd say this probably next week. Uh, I'll have the Conjuring Two up. For us, uh, we're definitely going to be continuing with the series next year when we when we actually get the Conjuring Three at some fucking point. Um, yeah. So, and then I'll have this uploaded. Uh, you know, for those of you that were tuning in uh, tonight, we'll upload this as well. But we're actually gonna we're we're thinking about doing um, you know like a whole essential album uh, discussion and letting people call in and telling us how much we suck or you don't agree with our essential album picks for certain genres um within metal hard rock uh and yeah so we're just going to kind of give each other shit for it it's going to be kind of like the um no uh holds barred version of uh locked horns <laughs> yeah, a lot, <laughs> lot of swearing no we're not going to be diplomatic here saying sorry 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 oh, yeah no, we're not no, going to be diplomatic suggestion. about it you know yeah everybody's <laughs> entitled to their opinion we're not going to pick uh you know you're not we're not going to say that this is the number one album of uh whatever black metal and you can't you can't uh dispute it or whatever i mean we're gonna you know it's it's uh you can call in and say no fuck you i think this record's better and that's what we want so it's going to be an awesome kind of debate show that we're going to try to do uh if we can maybe next month um live on the air can we call it the fuck call it the fuck your opinions segment (laughs) 
Well, I think that I think I was that's why I was going with opinionated pit because all metalheads ah. in general, are, you know, we're a bunch of fucking elitists. So I think opinionated pit might be a good one if you guys are down for it. So all that'll right. be our Let's second. Do that. Cool. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is Vince Burn. I'm Kev. Marco. And Doug. All right, guys. Ooh, he said his name. I did, yeah. Oh, he stamped it tonight, yeah. I stamped it. All right. With See you guys. Uh, little mushroom. Good night, buddy. Bye. 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 Thank you.